0: My name is Tim. I'm on staff here at HCC. I'm the Director of Discipleship, and Pastor Greg, Pastor James, they're away this morning. They're participating in a wedding on PEI. That means I have the honor, the privilege of sharing God's word this morning. Now, I want to tell you a story about Pastor Greg. My wife and I met Pastor Greg back in 2005, We wanted to find a church to have our daughter baptized in because each of our mothers had decided that our oldest daughter, our only daughter at the time, Maddie, needed to be baptized. So we thought, you know, we'd find our own church. And we walked up to the back doors back here and the church kind of looked like this back then, and the back doors uh, were wooden, there was no glass, and so I had my hand on the door, and Karen was here beside me, and I went to open the door, being the gentleman that I am, I said, this could be, you know, one of those weird churches, because I couldn't see inside or anything, so I opened the door and pushed her in, (laughs) and then we kind of liked it. Uh, We met some people, and we thought, well, this this is okay, so we came back. And I met Pastor Greg at the back door of the church. And next thing you know, he showed up at our house. And I thought, well, this is kind of weird. And then we went through this Bible study. It was called It's All About Relationship. And it was a four-week study. And I started reading the Bible. I was like, man, this is what I'm missing. It's Jesus. And so Pastor Greg, he he was so intentional By January of 2006, Karen and I were getting baptized here at this church. And back then, uh, I was corrected after the first service. I said it was a fish tank, but apparently it was a lobster tank that we... And I don't even like lobsters. I'm allergic to them. But we got baptized in the lobster tank that was here at the church. Next thing you know, uh, we're in a life group that was led by Peter and Debbie Boyer. And we met Peter's mom... We met Peter's cousin, Chuck, and his wife, Katie, and a few others in this group, and we had a lot of food. You know what happens when you become a Christian, right? You put on weight weight right away. (laughs) Seems to happen. And so, but I'm thankful. I'm really thankful for the influence that these people all had on us. Now, I was so influenced that I decided I was gonna go to Maritime Christian College, and I received a Bachelor of Biblical Studies in Ministry. And then in 2013, Karen and I started a 10-year church planting journey. And we were heavenly influenced by all that we learned from amazing disciple makers that we had as coaches and mentors. And we're thankful to be back at HCC celebrating the gospel with all of you, making disciples that make disciples. And you've probably noticed there's a theme happening here already, right? It's called Influence. The name of the message today is influence. So I also serve in two other part-time roles at Maritime Christian College and Souls Harbor Rescue Mission. And what I do at Souls Harbor Rescue Mission right now is I'm what's called the Summit Point Leader, and we're hosting the Global Leadership Summit. And I was preparing for that role. I got to watch a message that a guy named Craig Groeschel preached. And I was heavily influenced by that message, and this message today is heavily influenced by me watching that. But before we get started, I've got a question for all of you this morning. By show of hands, who would say that you're an influencer? One, two, three, four, both four or five. you okay, we're good? We've got four or five influencers. Now, Craig Groeschel, he says leadership is influence, And all of you have influence. Your church family has influence. Each one of you has influence. Even if it's your first time here today, you have influence. And if you are here today visiting, if it's your first time here today, we are so glad that you're here and we offer you a special welcome. We're not even going to make you stand up. But God has called his disciples to all be influencers. And sometimes you won't know how much one conversation with somebody, one kind deed, one chance just to sit and listen to somebody might change a person's life. Now, who do you think of when you think of influencers, though? Maybe it's a player on the Blue Jays. Uh, Maybe it's Prime Minister Trudeau. Maybe it's our mayor. Maybe it's Pastor Greg or Pastor James. I shared how Pastor Greg and Peter... Boyer influenced us. See, not only did Karen and I get baptized, but our daughters, Maddie and Susie, were both dedicated here at HCC and later got baptized. I did my internship here at HCC, and the elders ordained me here at HCC in 2013. All of those leaders influenced us, and those guys and girls didn't waste any of their influence. And Jesus tells us, let's not waste any of our influence. In fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, he tells us, we are salt of the earth and light of the world. Salt gives flavor, right? It purifies. It makes things taste really good. And light makes things shine. Disciples are salty and shiny. And Jesus goes on to say, let your light shine before others. And influence is about people, not a platform. And you all have people in your lives. You all have influence. And we can all be salty and shiny. I want to tell you a story this morning. It's about a woman in the Bible. We don't even have a name for her. And I'm I'm going to tell you this story. We're not going to put it on the screen. I'm just going to tell you the story. It's from the Word of God. And as I tell you this story, I'd like you to think about Did this woman have influence? And if so, did she waste any of her influence? Did this woman have influence? And if so, did she waste any of it? So here we go. It's from John chapter 4 from the Word of God. Now Jesus, he learned that the Pharisees heard that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John. Even though Jesus himself, he didn't do the baptizing. The disciples did. And so he got up. He left Judea. He went towards Galilee. He had to go through Samaria. And he got to this town called Sychar. And in this town, it's where Jacob had given a plot of land to his son, Joseph. And it's here that Jacob's well was. And so really tired from his journey and weary from his journey, Jesus sits down next to the well. It's about noontime, a woman from Samaria comes, she's coming to draw some water from the well, and Jesus says, will you give me a drink? Because he had sent his disciples off, actually his disciples went off to get some food. And the woman says, how is it you, a Jewish man is asking me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and whom it was that was asking you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, she says, the well is deep. You've got nothing to draw with. How are you going to get this living water? Are you saying that you're greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and he drank from it himself. His, so did his sons and even his livestock. And Jesus said, Whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But the water I give them, it'll be like a spring of water welling up inside them to eternal life. She said, Well, where do I get this water? So I don't have to be thirsty again. I don't have to go draw from the well continually. And Jesus says, Well, go call your husband. Come on back. She says, I have no husband. Jesus says, what you say is true. For you have had five husbands, and the one you're with now, he's not your husband. Well, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. She says, our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say we ought to worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, well, a time is coming when you'll neither worship the Father on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship What you do know, well, sorry, you worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation has come from the Jews. Well, she says, yet, Jesus says, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers of the Father will worship him in spirit and in truth. These are the type of worshipers that the Father seeks. For God is spirit, and his worshipers will worship him in spirit and truth. She says, well, I know that the Christ, the Messiah, is coming, and when he comes, he'll explain all these things to us. Jesus looks at her and he says, I, the one you're speaking to, I am he. What an amazing story, isn't it? I mean, this woman from Samaria, she gets to chat with Jesus about a gift called living water. And when you drink of the water, you don't get thirsty again. Shouldn't we all want that? More of it, I would say. It's like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And it's inside us. And we, uh, we should all want it And because Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit it lives in us. He lives in us when we choose to be baptized and to follow Him. He changes us. He gives us eternal life. And it's part of the great news of the gospel. Amen? Amen? So here's the gospel. The gospel is this God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're around at the beginning. Jesus comes to earth. The kingdom has come. And He performs all these miracles. He turns water into wine. He heals the deaf. He heals crippled. He walks on water. He does all these so many miracles. John says you can't even record them all in the book of John. And now the authorities, they don't like this. So they have him crucified. Just like it was predicted, by the way. He's crucified. He's dead and buried. And three days later, he raises from the dead. That's another amen. 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 He he rises from the dead. And he's hanging around now. He's uh, on earth still. And he is meeting with people. He's eating with people. He's walking with people. Over 500 people at one time see him. And then many of you know his last words before he ascends into heaven. It's from Matthew 28. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I've commanded you, and I'm going to be with you till the end of the age. Now, Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father. He said he's coming back, so he will. And when he comes back, he's going to take his disciples with him into heaven. And disciples, if you read it at the back of the church, it's on the wall, makes it easy for me. Disciples are those that are not just following Jesus, but changed by Jesus and on mission for Jesus. If you are here today and you've yet to take that next step, I'm incredibly excited for you. You should go and hang out with whoever brought you here. Go have a coffee with them. Ask them, what does it really mean to have the living water living inside you welling up to eternal life ask one of our elders you can ask me if you like i'd love to share it with you but we're excited for you let's check out the rest of the story i'm gonna go back to john chapter 4 and i have it on the screen for you picking up in verse 27 just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a man with a woman But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? And then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man, who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I've got food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? I sent you to reap what you've not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him with them and they stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know this man really is the savior of the world. This woman that we don't even have a name for, she's an immoral person. She's got five husbands. And now she's living with, or she had five husbands. Now she's living with another one. But hang on, before we condemn her, let's remember, not one of us are perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. Jesus met this immoral woman, and he saw it as an opportunity to spread influence. He told her about living water that's available to anybody. And she heard lots about Jesus healing people, and she probably wondered, is this the guy? Like this could this guy be the Messiah? And God used one conversation with this woman to change so many people's lives. I want to tell you a couple stories of my own. They're short, don't worry. Um, the first one is about a friend of mine who uh, lives in Ottawa or lived in Ottawa, and two years ago, two years ago, he was told that he had three weeks to live. And this summer. Uh, I got to, two years later, I got to move him into his home in Halifax. Help move him into his home, I should say. And I got to share with him that I've got lots of ministry friends uh, around North America, and I got to share with him that we had thousands of people praying for him. And I still share that with him continually. That's just one story. You can clap for that one, by the way. (laughs) Praise Jesus. Now, I got to attend the Global Leadership Summit back in August when it was being simulcast, and I really enjoyed it. It was one of the best ones I've ever attended. And for those of you, I know there's a number of you attending the Global Leadership Summit. I won't spoil it for you too much, but I want to tell you part of a story that really influenced me. There's a guy, a speaker named Albert Tate, and I love Albert Tate. And he says, you know, we're looking for a Costco god, you know, when you go into Costco, you buy this big jar of mayonnaise, and it's only $7.75. And you get it home, and you're like, man, I can make sandwiches for the rest of my life. And that's the kind of God we sometimes look for. But he said, you could go down the road to the health food store, and you get this little bottle of $15 bottle of healthy mayonnaise, and you make a couple sandwiches. Well, you know, I, we've been church planning for about 10 years, and the last church plant we tried to plant, it didn't take root. And Man, I wanted to be a pastor and I wanted to be a church planter. But I was, I was listening to this message in August. I was like, the Lord is providing for me today exactly what I need. And I get to be here back home at HCC preaching the gospel. Yeah, my voice cracked. Um, I'm pretty emotional about it. I I feel very influenced and very blessed. But I know you guys have your own stories. I know that God is healing and he's providing for each one of you as well. So why did Jesus care about this woman at the well? Why does King Jesus care about you and I? I don't think you have to have your life all together to be an influencer for Jesus. All you need to do is care about people and know the source of the living water. Now, you can be an influencer just by attending here at HCC, just by being here this morning, just by worshiping together. By the way, your voices are amazing. Um, The singing here, the worshiping to the Lord was fantastic. You can be influencing When you're doing that. In fact, you can be influencing just by hearing a message from the Word of God like you're doing right now. Go ahead, look at your neighbor. You're being salty and shiny right now. Well done. Now, this woman, she ran back to her village. She told people what she saw and heard. And because of this one woman, many people believed. Many Samaritans believed. Many people believed. She wasn't a celebrity in the Bible. We don't even know her name. The woman was looking for love in all the wrong places. You know what I mean? And you you don't even have to have it all together in order to be an influencer for Jesus. You are salt. You are light. And the world needs salt and light like all of you. So invite somebody to church serve in the church. Listen to somebody with the intent to really hear them. Maybe text somebody that wasn't here today and say, how are you doing? What's going on? I didn't see you at church this morning. Is everything okay? Maybe give somebody something that they really need in the name of Jesus. Now, today we're kicking off discipleship groups. And discipleship groups are an incredible place to be an influencer. We've learned by watching Jesus and his methods that there's really four areas that really help us to create a disciple-making environment. We sometimes even call them pillars. And the first one is, these groups have a biblical foundation. We're following what the Word of God says. Otherwise, what are we making disciples of? The second area is relational environment. These groups are made up of eight to 12 people, typically. And this is so, you know, we can get to know each other. We say that relationship is the glue that holds discipleship together. Now, the third area is intentional leadership. In these groups, there's an intentional leader, somebody who's passionate about making disciples. Somebody who's passionate about raising up apprentices within their groups. I've heard some stories already this morning from group leaders that say, well, our group's full because it branched out of this group, and now we've got three groups, and now they're all filling up, and we're going to branch again, and we're going to multiply and make more. That's an intentional leader, and it takes intentional leaders. And the fourth one, the last one, is the reproducible process. Jesus showed us, how to make disciples that make disciples. And that's why we're here today. We're here because disciples made disciples that made disciples. And we need to have that process so that apprentices can step up and they can branch and multiply disciple-making efforts and spread influence all over the city. So what's happening is those that have been influenced become influencers. And you are a child of God. You are a spiritual leader. The living water is in you, so let it well up and share it. Because living water is in you, healing walks in the room when you walk in the room. The Holy Spirit walks in the room when you walk in the room. You have influence. And King Jesus called you not to waste it. So I encourage you to get in a group, in a discipleship group, and we've got many discipleship group leaders here today. In fact, they're going to be outside the church in the parking lots. It's such a beautiful day with clipboards, and they'll have lanyards on. And if you want to get signed up for a discipleship group, you can do that today. If you don't have time to, to stick around and chat with them today... The information will all be on our website on Monday morning. You can see a video from each leader. You will be able to contact them. You'll be able to send them an email if you like, and you can get in a group as well. Because here's the thing. You have no idea how God might use one conversation in that discipleship group to change somebody's life. You get to invite new people to your group so they can hear the great news of the gospel. Let your light shine because you have the same Spirit of God in you that raised King Jesus from the dead. Now I invite you once again. Would you raise your hand if you're an influencer? Would you hold them and let's pray.